Where have we been? Uh, I said kind of in November this season, God has started my heart about like the harvest season. And so we've spent a couple weeks now looking at a few verses uh, related to the harvest. The first week we, we looked at the disciples as they're standing there and they say there's four months to the harvest or that's what Jesus said they say. And the idea was that the harvest is here. And the lesson that we learned uh, two weeks ago was that sometimes my preparation is a pretty good indicator of my expectation. As much as I'm preparing for what God has promised, it probably shows how much I'm expecting God to do. So the question that we looked at ourselves was, are we ready for the harvest, really? Are we prepared for the harvest? Last week we looked at the verse where, where Jesus says, lift up your eyes, look at, open your eyes, you know. What, what am I not seeing? Am I not seeing the harvest that is there for me to obtain? Am I not seeing what, what God has already brought forth, what He has already prepared for me? And how much of, of the harvest is, is available, but I'm just not getting it because I'm not seeing it. So this morning I want to continue on in this. As we look at this, we talked about being ready for it. We talked about seeing it. Then what's next? Like if I'm ready for the harvest and I see the harvest, what's the next thing? I gotta get the harvest. If I if I'm ready for it, if I'm expecting it, and if I can see it, if I know exactly where it's at, I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna go get it. The verses that we've been looking at, John chapter four. My food said Jesus is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may be glad. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Then he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This morning I want to spend some time looking at what we are what we are doing. Are we going? Are we working? Are we doing what God would have us to do? He said the laborers are few. Are we doing the labor of the kingdom? Are we working for the harvest that God wants us to reap? I'm going to pray, Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for an opportunity to look into your word. And I pray for each of us, God, this day, that ourselves, the things that distract us, the things that, 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 that our minds could be about, that they would be laid aside this day. That we would yield ourselves, that we would submit ourselves before the very feet of Jesus Christ and allow your truth to be revealed to our hearts. Help us this day, God. Help our eyes, help our ears, help our hearts to receive what you want for us. God, for me as the pastor, I pray every part of me would be laid aside that your will could be accomplished in this place. The plans that you have for this morning to be revealed in Jesus' name. Amen. A little bit of context. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. I read Luke chapter 2. I want to focus on that idea of the laborers are few. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them. Who did he tell? 
The 72, right? Okay. So he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't take a purse or a bag or sandals and don't greet anyone on the road. Jesus, in Luke chapter 10, where we hear this idea about the workers, the laborers being few. What is, what is happening? One of my favorite services that I get to be a part of in, 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 in church life, whatever you want to say, uh, once a year the Assemblies of God has what they call an ordination service. And I'm telling you, it is just so cool to be a part of that service. To watch uh, the laying on of hands and, and, and the passing of the mantle that, that happens with with men and women who have felt the call, they've sensed the call, they've pursued the call of God and said, this is all I can do. And so there's something in that, we call it a commissioning service. Like we're, we're, we're commissioning them, we're endorsing them, we're, we're preparing them for, for what work they're probably already doing, but we're laying our hands on, asking for that anointing to continue in them. I really, in my brain, sorry pastor, sometimes I'm too simple, I, I see that as what's happening in Luke chapter 10. This is kind of a commissioning service. There's 72 disciples who've been with Christ, right? And he's, he's speaking. There's always a speaker. There's always someone who preaches a message. And it's, and it's geared towards those candidates who are receiving ordination. And it's, it's, it's this idea of preparing them or, or encouraging them for the call of God, all this stuff. That's what I see is happening right now. Jesus is talking to the 72 who are going to go from town to town. He's talking to the 72 who he's sending out. And what's he saying to them? The very first thing we see is that the harvest is plentiful. Like there's lots of work to be done. There's work to be done. I don't know if I have to say that. I don't know how I have to say that this morning. But I want to tell you that the harvest is plentiful. There is work that needs to be done. Do your job. Marvin Lewis, Cincinnati Bengals. I think Tom Bra- or uh, Bill Belichick says the same thing. Do your job. Like there's work that needs to be done. And Jesus is looking at the 72 and he's saying what? You're appointed to go. This is your work to be done. This is what needs to be done. There is a necessity in your job. We see these verses also in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went through the towns, the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You have a job. And it's important. You have a responsibility, and it's important. How does he describe the people who need to be reached He saw the crowds. He had compassion because they were harassed and helpless. There's a need for you in the kingdom of God. There's a need for you in this harvest that is happening. These people are harassed 
and helpless. They're sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. Let me tell you, there's a job to be done. And your job is important. There's a job to be done. And your job is important. Rowing uh, at the end of worship, if you heard, if you had a word of the Lord, and it, and it basically was that we're living stones being built up, that every one of us has a place. Like there's a job for every one of you. God is preparing your hearts to hear well, what he wants to share this morning. There's, there's work to be done for the kingdom. Yeah, we can get ready for the harvest. We can see the harvest. But guess what? Just seeing and being ready doesn't get the harvest. And if it's his, it's important. Right? If it's his, it's important. I have to recognize the necessity of my job. What God has called you to do, what God has created you to do, the the work that God desires for you to do today, it's important. It may seem meaningless and it may seem tedious. Trevor went out with like, you know, well, I guess I wasn't harvesting, but a lot of times harvest work is not fun, right? I mean, it's repetitive, monotonous, whatever. Let me tell you, it's important. How important is it? Jesus, now, I had a conversation about this this week. I know we don't see this. We like this verse, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his... No, leave that up. Leave that up. Go back. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. But man, that's a good prayer to pray, right? Because what am I praying when I ask that? God, send someone, but not me. Right? I mean, isn't that the way we interpret that? Isn't that the way we see that verse? Lord, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Oh, God, stir in someone's heart, not me. Stir in someone's heart to go do. Who's he speaking to? Huh? Who's this verse directed at specifically? The disciples. In, in, in Luke chapter 10, when he's speaking those words, it's to the 72 that he's called to do this very work. So who are they praying for? Are they not praying for their self? Like, their job is so important, he's saying, pray. <laughs> Who's he saying pray for? Pray for you. Like, be in prayer for the work that's about to come. The same thing in these verses. If you look at the next chapter, now you can go to that next screen. Matthew chapter 10, the following verse. Jesus calls his twelve and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease. These twelve, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any of the town of the Samaritans. Every time Jesus is instructing them, those he's instructing to pray for the harvest or the laborers, those are the laborers he's sending. Does that connection make sense or am I missing some dots there? 
He's speaking to the 72 in Luke chapter 10. He says, pray for the workers to go into the harvest. They are the workers who are going from town to town. In Matthew chapter 9, he's speaking to the 12 disciples who he is preparing to send out. And he's saying to them, pray for the workers who will be in the harvest field. He's telling them, basically, pray for yourselves. They may not even realize it. They may think they're praying for someone else, but God is doing something in their heart. You have a job. Your job is imperative. Start praying. Like, pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers in the harvest. But realize when you're praying, it's you. Realize when you're praying, you're not just praying God stir in, in Casey's life to go witness in Shadron. God stir in, in Pastor's life to do this. God stir in, in this person's life to do this. But you're praying, God, send out the laborers. And guess what? We are His disciples. We are the laborers in the kingdom of God. Quite frankly, the Scripture calls us the body of Christ. What does the work? Like in the body, what does the work? Isn't it the hands and feet? The body is what's doing the work. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you are the body of Christ. This, this is, if you want confirmation of what God does before service or during service in worship, here, this is exactly the word He just spoke to us, correct? Did He not just speak this at the end of worship? Now, listen, I might not be a smart man, but when God speaks something and then pastor has a sermon, a slide about that, I need to hear that today. Okay, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Every one of us is a part in the body of Christ. The Scripture also tells us, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, that the body grows up into the head. The head is who? Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ. Okay? So the head tells the body what to do. I think it's interesting, this, this, this picture. The head tells the body what to do. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones that should be doing. Excuse me for a section, second. I think at times we pray for God to do what He's designed us to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're good prayers. Oh, it's powerful. God, draw in those who need to know You. Call in the the sick, the, 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 the people, whatever. I mean, God, bring in the harvest. I mean, it's a great prayer, right? I'm not, I'm not questioning the prayer. I believe in the value of prayer. But I get this picture in my mind. And just give me a little bit of liberty right now. Because sometimes I think we, we're so focused on God doing our job that we don't have to do our job. So I get this picture in my mind of this farmer. An old farmer, okay? And he sits down at his, at his dinner table by himself one night for dinner. And he's got a little napkin tied around his neck. And he's got a fork in one hand. And he's got a knife in another hand. And he says, God, I want some green beans, some mashed potatoes, a ribeye, and a chocolate pie for dessert. And he waits. God, I said, bring me some green beans and mashed potatoes. 
Bring me, Lord, some steak. And he waits. And then he figures he might have prayed the wrong way, so he prays in in King James. God, thou shalt bring me green beans. Thou shalt make me some mashed potatoes. Delivereth me a ribeye on my plate. Thus saith the Lord, and amen. And he waits. And he waits. And I just have to picture God shouting. Go. The green beans are on the vine. The mashed potatoes are in the ground. The cow is fat and ready. Just go do something. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to pray. I'm not saying we don't pray, but I'm saying I've got to do if I'm going to pray. I'm not just praying God send someone else, but God use me. I'm the body of Christ. Like, I'm the hands and feet of the Almighty. I mean, think of that. Like, like we are in this world the very body of Christ. We're the ones, the body does the work. That's what God has designed us to do. That's who God made us to be. We're asking for God to do our job. There's a job that needs to be done. It's important. It's imperative. It's your job to do it. Yes, pray. Don't do anything without prayer. Anything without prayer is absolutely insane. It's like not watering a plant and then expecting to get fruit. I get it. But do. Go. Speak. Be a light. Be a witness. Those are all action. These are all words of action that God is, is calling us to do. And we're all sitting at the table just waiting. And the fields are ripe. He said the harvest is plentiful. There's lots of green beans and potatoes if we just get up and do. So we better get busy. I get this picture in my mind. I'm going to read a verse in Matthew chapter 25, I believe, in just a second. You know, if I gave us all a responsibility... It's easy to see who's not doing their job. So like in my house, now my kids aren't quite the age yet, but if I told Avery she had to clean the kitchen and I told Levi he had to clean the living room and I told Graham that he had to clean the basement and I told Elliot he was responsible for the bathroom. Okay, let's just say that. 
it's pretty easy to see who's not doing their job. It's pretty easy to recognize what fields haven't been harvested versus what ones have. They can see where the combine went through, right? Matthew chapter 24, I'm sorry. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for him, for that service whose master is finding do so when he returns. What's that, what's that verse saying? There's someone with a responsibility. The master has given them the responsibility. And the scripture is very clear. It will be good when dad comes home if you're cleaning the living room. That scripture is very clear. It will be very good for that servant if when the master comes, he's doing what what he's been told to do. Not praying for it to happen, but doing it. Truly, I tell you, there will be a reward. There will be blessings. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he is not aware of. And I will tell you, there is a punishment coming for that servant. You got a job. Your job is important. You're the only one who can accomplish your job. What's your master going to catch you doing? What's your master going to see you doing? We've got to get busy. Not busy without focus because my eyes are opened and the place has already been prepared. Not busy to give away a bunch of cucumbers and jalapenos if you remember that sermon because we don't know what to do with them. But busy because we're ready. Busy because we see. Busy because we know that this is the master's. Whose harvest is it anyway? Whose harvest is it? It's His. And He's trusted you. He's trusted me with His harvest. I got to get busy. I got to get busy. Colossians chapter 3. I know this is talking about slaves and, and human masters, but, but look at the point. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. Since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving in this place, in this time, in this responsibility. It is not you that you're serving. It is the Lord Christ Jesus that you're serving. It is not your harvest that you're obtaining. It is His harvest. It is His inheritance. It is His reward that you're receiving. So I've got to get busy. Boy, Pastor, this is all heavy. 
Like, nah. I want to pray some more. There's joy in doing His work. Yeah, there is a job to be done. Yeah, it's absolutely essential and the responsibility may be overwhelming. Yes, it is your job to do it. But I will promise there's joy in doing. Psalm chapter 126, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow tears will reap with... Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Let me tell you that there is a harvest that's coming, and it may be hard, and it may be hurt, and it may be a lot of work, and you may get tired, and you may grow weary, but there is joy in doing His work. There is joy that comes from from receiving the, the harvest that God has prepared for you in your life. There will be joy that comes in our church as we receive, as we reap the, with, with, with joy, as we reap with, with work, the, the harvest that He's designed for us to reap. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's dirty. Sometimes it's sweaty. Pastor sweats every Sunday. Get over it. Stand outside right now and be sweating. In your life, there's a harvest he intends. I hope you're ready for it. I hope you've been seeing it. And now I hope you'll grab it. I hope you'll reach for it. Yeah, it might be hard. It might be new. This might not be something that you're used to. It might be a stretch. You might have to climb a tree. But there'll be joy when you hold the fruit. We're not going to hold the fruit unless we start doing We're not going to have the meal unless we're working. He's the Lord of the harvest. It's His. He's prepared it. We have to do our job. We have to do, don't, don't do my job, please. Like, I got it. I'm going to do my job. Do you. Do what God is calling you to do. We're the body of Christ. Every one of us is a part of it. That's what's cool about God. 
Can, the, can, can, the, can the I say to the hand that I don't need you? You're useless? Isn't that the word of God there? We're all different. Some of us he calls ignoble. <laughs> those parts we've got to cover up, you know what I mean? Like, but that's good. We need those ignoble parts too. Because we all got a job. We've all got to do it. Because your job is important. guys can come forward. This morning, kind of as a conclusion or wrapping up or landing, whatever you want to call it, I want to look at this from two perspectives. Yeah, we, we need to look at ourselves. Like, what is God, what is, what is He revealing for that harvest in your life? You know, those might be the promises, those might be the the, the things of God, the answered prayers, the other things that, that God has set out before you. Reach for it. Like, reach for it. Do what you have to do to reap it. Don't let it spoil on the vine. For you. For us as a church, I promise there's work to be done. For us as a body, there's a place for every one of us. And, and if you say, Pastor, I, I really feel like uh, we need to do this, or I feel like God has gifted me in this way or whatever else, I, I, I have to guess that God has, has something. This isn't begging for volunteers. Please don't perceive this, because if you don't want to do it, I don't want you to do it. If God hasn't designed you to do it, I don't want you to do it. But if God is working something in your life, as a pastor, I want to be able to put you in that place. I want to be able to equip you for your harvest. There's needs that our church has. There's places, there's shoes, there's, there's, there's things to be done that that pastor can't do. That, that certain, But God is, is working that in your life. As a pastor, I want to walk with you so we can discover this together, not out of desperation, not out of, we have to have this, but because, of, because this is what God has for you. And there's joy that will be yours in doing what God has designed you to do. Joy that you'll receive when you start bringing in the sheaves. Jerome, I'm going to tell your story. Jerome said that she used to hear that song, Bringing in the Sheeps, when she was a kid and she thought they were singing, Bringing the Sheeps, right? The sheaves, like big bundles of harvest. big bundles. Oh man, it's going to be heavy. The boy will be joy. My arms might be tired. And my shoes might be dirty, but man, look at the harvest. Father, I come to you this day. Thank you for this mini-series, this moment in time to focus on the harvest. God, I thank you for the preparations that we've been doing. For the expectations that have been revealed through our preparations. 
God, I thank you for the things that our eyes have been seeing, that, that fruit, those, 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 those seeds, whatever, the, the, the harvest that you've revealed to our hearts and lives. Thank you for my place in your harvest. God, I thank you for my job. I pray that we reach. God, I pray that we do. Father, I pray that that we're busy about our master's business that the responsibility that you've laid before us is what drives us, God, that the responsibility that you put before us, that we would be about your business. Because, God, the harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of work. There's plenty of conversations. There's plenty of opportunities. There's plenty of your provisions. There's plenty of those demonstrations that are before us, God. The harvest, it is so plentiful. Let me be part of the few. God, help me to do my job. The beauty is, in, in this time, God, you've promised the Spirit of God who would be an empowering, uh, an empowering to us to do the work that you've laid before us, that we would be endued with power from on high. God, if there's any here today that feel like that work, it seems like too much, they're too tired or they can't do it, I pray the promise of Acts chapter 2 revealed in their life, the promise from Acts chapter 1 where you said you will be endued. God, I pray for the endowment of power in our lives to do the work that you've set us out to do because the harvest is plentiful God I pray you would use me Isaiah the word of Isaiah where you say whom shall I send and he says Lord send me the prayer of my heart is Lord send me God, I pray for laborers in the harvest. I do pray for the laborers. God, I pray for each and every one of us because we're called to be a part of the harvest, God. I pray you would help us. You would protect us. You would preserve us, God. I pray you would give us the strength that we have need of that we could do the work that you've designed us to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This morning, as Walt plays a kind of a chorus just at the end of service, I encourage you to look at your field. Like, look at your field. You know that that harvest field. And see if there's work to be done. If you see work to be done, every time their eyes were open, start praying, Lord, send me. Lord, use me. say, Pastor, I need someone to pray with me because this is all way over my head. I'll be here to pray with you. But reflect upon God's Word. 
reflect upon what he stirred in your heart this morning and respond to that word. I don't know if you listened to the words as Walt sang them or not. Um, when did you write that song? That's a song Walt wrote, if you don't recognize it. A couple months ago. A couple months ago. I just pointed out, Rowena, I want to point out what God does. And that is absolutely the perfect culmination of where we are. I'm stealing it, so good luck playing your chords. Send me, use me. I'll be Jesus' hands and feet. Send me, use me. I'll go where you lead. Does that not reiterate everything that Pastor just preached this morning? Is it not cool what God does? Is it not neat to see how God, I mean, a couple months ago, put that, not that, not that Walt never sings that song again, but just, God is good, amen? There's something this morning that God desires. He's, I say God's screaming. He's screaming for you to hear it. Listen. Listen. Look and do. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you know and do all that God has called you to do. May you bring in the harvest with joy in your heart because of how great your God is. Amen? Be blessed.